Injured in a car accident? It's about money. Your money. Your settlement. We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery? You pay no fees or costs. We strive to get you more at LawyerUp904.com. To avoid bad radio, we probably shouldn't say stuff that gets me that giggling right before the show because that's bad radio. But Mah, We love it. That is fantastic stuff. Uh, we just kind of giggle before the show. Welcome you to like the program. like Shane Matthews. What's that? When Shane's excited about something, he, he giggles. giggles. That's exactly right. So Shane didn't get Shane only two or three giggles during our broadcast. Mm. Okay, well, that's pretty good. That's improvement. Hey, a lot of things to talk about today. He's on the not going to be giggling much next year. I can no. tell you that. <laughs> He's still bitter, bitter guy. Although I guess wasn't didn't he giggle when Ar threw it out the back of the engine? Yeah, so I, guess I don't think he. Gig- I don't think he giggled. I think it was like. <laughs> yeah, but it's. But it, I think it was like shock. He's yeah, like, he threw it out of bounds. But it was gigglish though. Your yeah. point yeah, was right. I think it, was, it, was, it, was, it was. He threw so it out. He threw there it may out be of a bound. lot of giggles uh, uh, next year if. He giggles when plays don't go well. Oh, my goodness. Uh, hey, we are so excited. It's a 2 o'clock show today. We're here 2 to 4. Uh, Greg McGarity stops by. Normally, Greg Greg's segment with us, the Gator Bowl College Football Preview, ends before the, the week before the game. And then we see him again next year. But he did such a magnificent job. I thought he deserved to come by for a victory lap. So we're going to talk about how awesome the Gator Bowl was. One of the best Gator Bowls ever. I was thinking about that. So, uh, so what a great crowd and what, what a great crowd it was. We're certainly excited about that. Uh, he comes by. We're going to talk Jags Titans. Can you imagine that crowd? How big the crowd's going to be? It's unreal. It's going to be. Uh, here's what I can tell you: that talking to Jaguar folks today, they've got. If you want to buy anything, you better buy it now. Okay. It's been. It's what the way this works is. It's sold out. Then the opposing team may bring give some back, and then then it sells out again. Then they start selling standing room only. But isn't it nice to have that conversation? Absolutely. Isn't it nice to have that conversation that uh, so. Uh, so uh, you you still, uh, as far as on the uh, primary market, uh, you better hurry. You better hurry if you want to get anything at all. And again, so uh, but the bottom line is, uh, it's going to be it, it will be a crowd like we. It'll be a better crowd than Buffalo. I'll tell you that right now. It'll be better, and that was a great crowd. But that was a lot of Buffalo. There's not going to be a lot of Titans here. It, there's not going to be a lot of Tennessee fans. This is going to be this is going to be one magical, crazy night. And and I'm and I'm told. And you, I'm glad you tweeted it. By the way, did, did you retweet it, or did someone say it, or did you? I got the email from Jaguars PR, and so okay, I just you did. tweeted it out because I figured fans going would want yeah, to know. Yeah, well, I was down there yesterday and had in, in, in conversation with Jaguar folks today a bunch, and um, I can tell you, get there early. Number one, beat the crowd. Um, they 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 actually can monitor how many people come in after kickoff. It's it's really it's a cool number. Makes they, sense because it's digital. Yeah, yeah. So they they can actually do them in today's world. Metrics and analytics are everywhere. They can monitor how many people come in after kickoff. Well, it's been too many when there's big games. So so get there, get there. They're kicking it at eight fifteen. So you don't have to wonder. It's kicking at eight fifteen. Okay, barring the rain delay, we had the one game. So Ravens or whatever it was, but it's kicking at eight fifteen. So get there early. There's going to be some fun entertainment stuff. Some stuff in the sky you're going to like watching. So. Um, early, I mean, they're, they're, the Jags are going to make this thing magical. It's, it's going to be magical. So I'm telling you now, get there early. Um, I mean, tailgate early, party early, go hard because this is going to be one. This one's going to be worth it. Speaking of drink uh, water too, so you remember it. Yeah, that, that's good call. <laughs> that sounds like a veteran. That yeah, sounds like advice from oh, a veteran. Is what that is. I've tailgated a few times. Okay, so uh, and tomorrow, look, tomorrow we're gonna we're kicking this bad boy off at Strings at three o'clock Eastern. Uh, you're going to want to come by. Members of the Roar are going to be there. We're giving away two, thanks to the Jaguars, two club tickets, uh, two club seats to this one. 
you're crazy if you don't come by. You know, somebody texted me, uh, my buddy and I are coming. We're not leaving without club tickets. I said, well, I don't know that I can help you there, <laughs> but I hope you get, but I hope you win. Uh, we're going to have a box. So we're going to probably give them away in the five o'clock hour, I think, but maybe not. Be maybe present before. to win. You have to be present to win those tickets. We're giving away a bunch of t-shirts that are fun t-shirts that you're going to have tomorrow. Uh, it's just going to be a blast. It's just, it's just going to be a blast. It's going to be so much fun. This is a, this is you talk about uh, the uh, the homage to what the Jaguars have accomplished. That's what tomorrow's show will be. So uh, we can't wait to have you by at Strings. Do you think that let's say they win Saturday, yeah, and let's say they win the wild card game in Jacksonville, and then let's say they play close but they lose in the divisional round at Arrowhead or oh, Buffalo or okay, okay. Cincinnati. So win, win tomorrow, so, win next, win win tomorrow, win the first week, and then lose a close one on the road in the divisional round. Got yeah. It. So uh, you, and then let's say next year, right. They go twelve and five with another playoff win. Okay. Do you think by like tw- if if that happens, if those two things happen. If those two things happen, do you think we would be at an age where almost every single game is sold out? It's a great, sold out. It's a great question. It's a really good question. You know what? I'm asking Chad Johnson, who's the czar of all that, to come by tomorrow, either to come by Strings or to, come to join us by phone. Chad's a great guy. He. He's a great person. He will answer. He will know that answer. He will. He will. I say no. He will have a way better guess at that answer than any of us would. It's a great question. So if you get so if, so you win, you get to nine wins, and you get to ten wins. So you have a ten win season essentially, and a narrow loss to a possible Super Bowl uh, inhabitant mm-hmm. the next week. Then next year you have a twelve win regular season, win again in the playoffs, and now so now you're one of the good teams. What you're saying is when you become one of the good teams, right? And the expectations are that you will continue to be one of the good teams. Like the like the mid like the late nineties. Once we got there in ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine, we were one of the good teams. You know, ninety nine maybe the best team. So when you become that, my guess is yes. It's a great question. What do you what do you what do you guys uh, I, to your I think own question? So. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I because I, I think there's enough fans that have kept the Jaguar sort of at a distance because of their struggles that are just waiting for the reason to come back. And you know, if you've got an ascending quarterback, you've got a head coach, you know, you've got that great partnership, you're winning. Uh, and I think those are, I mean, those are high expectations, but it, I don't think it's like out of the realm of possibility expectations. I'm not, you know, we're not sitting here throwing out hypotheticals. What if they repeat as Super Bowl no, champ? You, no, know, I got you. you know, so I, I, no, yeah, what, I you, what you said is almost can be expectations. Right. I, I, I think your expectations can be. That you're going to become a double-digit win team, you're going to win nine. They, assuming you win Saturday, they haven't won yet. But if if they win Saturday, well, they're a nine-win team now, right? And so I think the expectation should be that you're a double-digit win team. Yeah, I would say to the question, I don't think the season tickets would be sold out, but I think every game, I think the especially the big games would be yeah. sold out. Yeah, I I, uh, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I th- yeah. I th- it's a great question, and I think the I think that's a yes. Because the other thing too is, you know, this is something to keep in mind. If if the Jaguars uh, win Saturday night, when you start thinking about scheduling next year, you're now playing a first place schedule, which means you're playing Buffalo, you're playing right. Kansas City, you're playing uh, Cincinnati. Like so, those are. I mean, we talk right. about you know primetime right. games mm-hmm. and that's right. You know, big. I mean. Because of how the AFC is structured with the quarterbacks, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that we're entering into a schedule where routinely you're going to see Trevor Lawrence versus Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence versus Patrick Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence versus Joe Burrow, even in years where they're not obviously playing that division. Um, Those are primetime matchups. 
Yeah, they certainly would be good candidates. Especially yeah. if you're talking about Aaron Rodgers may not be playing, Tom yeah. Brady may not be playing in years to come. Yeah, yeah. Let me, let, and let me. I'm going to get to this. Somebody sent me this. This. Um, somebody sent me a tweet, and I don't think this is a typical. If the typical troll guys, I just kind of either mute them or ignore them. But this guy wasn't a troll guy. He just. He, I don't think he just. But he said he goes way too much optimism on the airwaves. I guess it beats the alternative, but Derek can take over a game. Our offense sputters any given Saturday night. Well, let me let me respond to that. Um, I think we are so jacked out of our gourd that this is going to be one of the most historic, gorgeous, packed, exciting nights in Jacksonville sports history. I don't think anybody's assuming a win. I mean, the Titans are good. I I, I think I'm going to pick the Jaguars to win because I think they're the better team and I think they're going to win the game. But I don't think anybody's acting like this is an Alabama Vandy game. I, 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 do you sense that? I know it's a I, six and a half I, point spread. Yeah, now, now, it's not a now, now Baloo. Now Baloo thinks he's going to roll. They're going to roll the Titans. He thinks by seventeen points. And Baloo is smart enough and good enough at these predictions that he's earned the right to go. You know what I mean? To go out sure. on him. He's really he's Rick's good at that. Now he has a he has a great gut for that stuff. So so he's he's earned the right to kind of to to go out he, there. But I don't I don't sense that the airwaves were all dancing and talking about this thirty five to three win we're going to have and can't wait to play next week. Well. I don't. I don't sense yeah. that's what's on the air. Here's the other thing I would say to that comment: um, sputtering offense. Yeah. They're seventh in yards yeah, in the yeah, NFL. Right, right. I mean, they're seventh in first yeah. downs yeah. in the NFL. They're, uh, you know, they're they're tenth in both rush offense and pass offense. Yeah. So this isn't an offense that's sputtering. Yeah. This is a this is a good offense. Yeah. That that's right. And so so this is an offense right. that's been consistent pretty much throughout the entire year. That's right. And so so but I but I don't sense that, that there's a I don't sense that there's a belief in the media that this one's easy. Everybody knows it's never easy when you play the Titans. Not just a Jaguar thing. It's never easy for the Chiefs when they play the Titans. Right. It's never easy for the Bills when they play the Titans. It's not easy when you play the Titans. That's they get you into that wrestling match, man. They get you into that tough, physical mono mono game. And, I, and I'm going to leave the show with this because it's going to be our first topic today. But trust me on this. That's the only way they win this game. We talked about it yesterday. There's a lot of times you think about what are the storylines. What are the these could not be more simpler. What the what the Titans have to do to win the game? They're playing a quarterback has thrown 30 passes. You know, so so this is. This could not be more in his career. So this could not be more simple what these guys are going to what, what both teams are going to try and do. Well, and it's also the eye test. We've all been watching both of these teams. The right. Titans have lost six straight and have played miserable football. And the Jaguars have won four straight, didn't even play well and blew out the Texans. So when you're talking about the eye test, too, it's not like we're just being optimistic. We're talking about what we've seen over the past six to eight weeks. Yeah, but I, but I don't think I think everybody in the media and intelligent fans know, despite all of that, Lauren, could be a good little battle. Be a good little battle. I, I think most of us. To, I, I think I let me speak, most. Let me speak for me. I think the Jags will win the battle because I think they're the better team. I, I just think they're the better team. And this is one time as good as Vrabel is. The Titans maybe don't have the better coach. You know the uh, and and there's been a lot of games in these 27 years where the Titans have had the better coach. I don't think they got the better coach here. Okay, and, and Vrabel's very good, but I think our guy's just as good. So so I think they're going to. But I I expect I expect a third fourth quarter game. I, I expect. I expect Buck and Aikman are here for a reason. You know, this is a win. Man, this is – you talk about all the marbles now, buddy, this is it. So so we'll talk about that today on the program. Uh, Greg McGarity comes by uh, at about 3.40 today – or 2.40 today in about 20 minutes to talk about the Gator Bowl. How he pulled it – I want to know how he pulled it off. Uh, I want All the details, how it happened, why it happened, the, the way it happened, because I think it's magnificent for them. We'll certainly talk about that. We'll talk about the – 
what great news on DeMar Hamlin. It's not out of the woods yet, but if you've seen it by now, if you've seen the news by now, they say he is neurologically intact. That's the biggie. Because the one yeah. thing my wife and I had been talking about is, right. was he down long enough to have brain damage? And now I take from that, I take from that, that comment that no, that is really good news. Really good news. That's the and so, um, and so they said he's made remarkable recovery, and that's from the Bills. That's not for some dude on Twitter. Right. And he's been responsive, which yeah. I think is, is yeah. fantastic. So, so, that, so that's the power of prayer. I believe that in all my heart. It's also great medical care, and so I think that'll be good news. But there, there are a lot of rumors. Mike Florio, who's usually kind of on, on point, a lot of things how the NFL might, might play this. I think we all know now that the Bills-Bengals game is not going to be played. We said that. We've said that all week. We didn't think it would be played. They'll get considered a no contest. They'll use percentages to do seedings. But then there's some other possibilities, so we'll certainly talk about that today. Uh, some college football as well. Georgia right around the corner. Uh, Gator basketball last night, ugly loss. I mean, they lost last night to a team I don't think is very good. Yeah, that uh, was bad. I, I don't think it's a very good team. So a team that forgot their uniforms? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it can't, that can't happen. No, it can't. I mean, yeah. in, in fairness to Todd Golden, he said it right. He said, listen, maybe my son's CYO team can have that happen. It should never happen. However, that happens. So, so, but, but anyway, we'll talk the bigger, bigger issues than that for the Gator basketball team. Let's start with Jaguars Titans. Um, how the game will play out. The less, the there's less mystery in these game plans than there's ever been in the history of football. We'll talk about it after this. You know why you're getting this today on a Thursday, Coach Campo. I'm going to get right to this. We're talking about concerts and Matt Hayes and I, and that's a big music guy. We're talking about going to Journey and Eagles and getting a bunch of us together all coming up. Coach Campbell goes, you can have all the Journey you want. I'm going to Frankie Valley. Coach Campbell <laughs> freaking rocks is what he does. He's the best. I love and, uh, it. Who doesn't love Frankie Valley? Okay. Frankie Valley. I didn't know this season. is one of his songs. Oh, oh, you did? Yeah. Uh-uh. I great. love this so song. This is a great song. Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. Uh, you're going to hear them today on Old Rock Thursday. It's a great. This is really a good song. So. Uh, all day today, Frankie. And Frankie Valley's coming to the Florida Theater. He comes. He comes every year. I didn't year. realize that. Eighty-eight years old, I think he is. Wow. For that. Can he still have the high notes. Yeah. Well, I think he does. I don't know. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. They, they, they. He does have the high notes. He, um, he. I mean, Frankie Valley walks out. Eighty-eight years old. Walks out there. Does an hour and a half. Gets back on the bus. How good's that? Why did I think that it, it's fantastic? But why did I think he's more like fifties? Well, I think a lot. He's eighty-eight, so a lot of his music probably was, you know. Okay. Sherry, Sherry was probably sixties, you know. Okay. Sherry, so he had a pretty long. So because oh, December sixty-three. Yeah. yeah, that was a later song. It, it, yeah, yeah, it came out in nineteen seventy-five. That's correct. Okay. But he, but, he, but most of it, that was one of his last hits, if not okay. his last hit. Okay. But he and it was kind of a resurgent, you know. Okay. But he, uh, yeah, he. Uh, it's a great oh, song. Yeah, it's a great song. So, uh, so there you go, Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. So Frankie Valley today. On old, and it's peppy, and I'm just in a peppy goddamn mood. Okay, that's just what I am. I was telling both of you guys to kind of, you know, stay within yourselves. Yesterday it was just Wednesday afternoon. It's Thursday afternoon now. Now we go. You can go as crazy as you want. There's been enough pacing ourselves. Yes, you made it through last night. Mm -hmm. Florida losing to Texas A&M dampened your spirits. Yeah, apparently Florida's done winning. (laughs) Yeah, like as a as a university, (laughs) Florida's just decided (laughs) we're we're done winning. Uh, Yeah, the winning's been great, but but. We're done. Here's we're we're, we've, we're, we're, we're retiring your, from here's, winning. Here's your final from Condren Stadium. Stetson 4, Gator Baseball 1. Yeah, right. <laughs> Watch yeah. yourselves. Tomorrow night is the first gymnastics meet right. for Florida. Whoa. Florida okay. will win. Yeah. Hold it. Relax. Hold it. I, 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 right. Relax. I, I, whoa, whoa, whoa. I need a 20. You're trying to tell me 
<laughs> I get Titans Jags on an epic Saturday night in the in the preamble is Gator Gymnastics Friday Night Heights. That is correct. Shut sir. the front door. How now okay. Now I'm now I'm now gonna make a commitment. I'm now not sleeping until Monday. Okay. I've now decided. So, so it's that. a quad meet. Who are we playing? I mean, uh, competing against. Sorry, yep, my bad. You're good. Uh, the meet is against Ball State, West Virginia, and a school I have never heard of, Lindenwood. Have either of y'all yeah. ever yes. heard of Lindenwood? I think okay. they play like, uh, I've not. I want to say they play in like the Flagler College oh, level okay. somewhere in there, if I'm not mistaken. Well, there you have it. And then well, next Friday is when SEC play begins, and that's Auburn. So okay. that will be a, okay. a much okay. bigger meet than the quad meet okay. tomorrow. Okay, so don't jump in and interrupt this, but I do have a question. <laughs> Whatsoever okay. will you say? I do have a question. Um, how are we looking on the beam? <laughs> you did it. I, I could get you it did out. it. How are we looking on the beam? Uh, well, Trinity Thomas is back. Okay. So we should oh. be pretty good, knock on wood, uh, on the beam. Well, good. So a we're gymnastic a gymnastic school. school. Okay. Yeah, we are. I mean, we are. Well, we clearly aren't a football school or a yeah. basketball school. That I mean, because. Correct. Why would we? Why would we try to win any games anymore? I've said this. I mean, I've said you know, this. I've the, said the Gators. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what's happening over there. I've they they this. they've just become losers in pretty much uh, everything that that you know. Yeah, here's my beam thing. I've said this about myself on radio many times. You really don't have to be that funny. Just amuse yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and if I can do that, then I'm very satisfied. So, um, all right. So there you go. Friday night heights. Um, look. There's 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 less mystery in this game than there's been in almost any they've ever played. Tennessee's playing a quarterback who, who's who's been on the team for 17 days, and who's never played in the league. There's there's no mystery here. They're going to hand the ball to Derrick Henry. I said 45 times yesterday. Okay, that was aggressive, but it's going to be a lot. They're going to hand the ball to Derrick Henry and hand the ball to Derrick Henry and trying to turn it. Hayes, you said it better than I did. They're going to turn it into an echo of the whistle game. That's what they're going to turn it into, and they're going to try and out-physical. Right now, what Mike Vrabel's t- telling his team, right now at it, it, it 124 Central, what he's telling his team right now is, look, we're tougher, we're more physical, we're going to get them in a, in a, in a dogfight, we're going to get them in a, in a phone booth, and we're going to beat on them, and we're going to win the game because we're more physical than those Jacksonville Jaguars. That's, there's no doubt that's what he's telling his team right now. And the starting lineup for the Titans in week one might have been tougher and nastier and all that stuff, but the shell of a football team that they're playing with is not tougher and more physical. The Jaguars are tougher and more physical than the team that's going to come in here Saturday night. Dead on. I think that's 100% correct. you agree with that? Well, I think, you know, I think that's, yes. I mean, I think it, it, I think you still have to see that play out. You know, I'm never going to discount Tennessee coming here under Mike Vrabel. No, I agree with you. And just saying, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Vrabel is walking around the Titans facility this week wearing brass knuckles. I mean, just to send a message to his team. Everywhere he goes, yeah, yeah, he's got right. brass knuckles on. Because this is that kind of game. The only chance they have is to bloody the Jags. Right, and here, here's on, on two fronts. A, you got to block the Jags because news bulls and the Jags are probably expecting a steady dose of 22. So you better block them. Number two, I I agree with you, Hayes. I, I'm never counting out Mike Vrabel and the Titans. That is too good of a franchise. They've won too much. There's a toughness. There's a mental toughness to the, that. That component is very real with that football team. And they've played in this environment before. Correct. But what they have not played 
very often, and the one time they did, they lost. They left. They allowed thirty six points. Is Trevor and Ingram and Zay and Christian Kirk. So they better bloody the Jaguars are physical. They better get to that quarterback because if not, I don't think they can cover them. I don't think they can cover the Jags. I don't either. That that the one can the Jags stop Derrick Henry? I don't know. Can the Jags run on the the Titans? I don't know. Can the Jags get to the quarterback? I don't know. But what I do feel about of all the matchups, if the Jags protect Trevor, I don't think the Titans can cover him. That's that's the one component of all the matchups in this thing. That's the one I, f- I feel best about. I, I, I'm going to tell you, I don't think the Jags are going to run a bunch on the Titans. And I'm not sure that they're going to – I mean, Derrick Henry had 100 yards in the first half. Last time, 100 and a quarter. Was it yeah, the quarter? Like yeah, 90 the at the end of the first he quarter. He had 90 in the quarter. So, so I, there's a side of me that's nervous about number 22, the fact that he could get going in this game. I'm, you're not going to hear me pound the mic and say, uh, they're going to shut down Derrick Henry. I don't feel that way. I hope, I hope that's great. But I don't know where that one's going to go. What I do know is I don't think Josh Dobbs can beat him. So they're going to stack the box, I would think. I, I would think you see a very stacked box. Yeah, they're going to force Josh Dobbs to try and throw on them. And, and if Traylon Burks is not fully healthy. Which is a big issue in this game. Right. Then I, I just I can't see a way where they're no. able to move the ball down the field. Quick question, since both of y'all were in Houston, how healthy did Trayvon Walker look? He seemed, fun, seemed fine to me. He did seem okay. fine. He did, he did, yeah, they're, they're, they're relatively healthy. Yeah, you know, I mean, there are, there's, there's some nicks and pains. I mean, there's some guys who are going to play with soreness. You know, but they're relatively healthy. I, health. Health will not have – in fact, they've been a marvelously healthy football team. I mean, they, they have really been a marvelously healthy football team. They, um, I, I'll, I'll be interested to see how the Jags play it defensively. Do we see, do we see the big nickel? Do we see, a, do we see more uh, Dewey and nickel than we do Trey Herndon? You know, I, I'm, I'm curious if they play it that way. I would think, yes. You would think, right? Are you, are you going to see some of that three linebacker set when they do that? And, uh, I would all, think yes also. Yeah, 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 me too. Me too. So And – if you're Tennessee, what are you going to do with Josh Dobbs? You're not going to try and win from the pocket, so you got to expect a lot of naked, right? You got to expect a lot of moving pocket. You got right. I mean, you've got to believe there's going to be some of that. Uh, I would think. Um, yeah, I, does Malik Willis come in there? Are there two quarter, are there two quarterback sets? Are there gimmicks that we haven't seen? You got to believe they got to try something. You know, when Josh Dobbs is your quarterback, you're going to have to try something. Shame on the Jaguars if they're not ready for that. For whatever the something yeah. is. I mean, yeah. they weren't they weren't ready for it in New yeah. York. Yeah. Uh, and the Jets had that long drive that resulted right. in no points, right. but it took seven minutes off the clock. They just went through it. They were very much ready for it in yeah. Houston. They should be ready for that component uh, Saturday night. So I, it, there's no reason Malik Willis should enter this game and, and rush for 60 yards. And anybody would be surprised. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that he's a better runner than Josh Dobbs. You know, I mean, they're both, I mean, you know, Josh Dobbs is more passer than runner. So, so we'll see. So, but I have uh, good luck, Josh and, Dobbs, when Cisco comes on the blitz. By right. The way. Yeah. And looking at the stats, it's amazing. Malik Willis has thrown more passes in the NFL than Josh Dobbs. It's amazing. Yeah. And, 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 and the, the indictment, when you have to go sign Josh, and by the way, let me say this. A tip of the cap to the Titans on this. It was the right move. If they tried to play Malik Willis because that's what you do, your veteran guy's hurt, your second-year guy's ready, let's go. It would have been a second-year, first-year. Second-year, right? For who? Uh, Malik Willis. First he's year. a rookie. Oh, he's a rookie. Okay, so if you go play your, your third-round rookie because that's what you do, they had no chance. They would, have to, they, they would have had no chance. So you go play the veteran Dobbs, even though he hasn't played very much. The truth of the matter is 
you didn't have a lot of choice in this. You had to go get somebody, whoever the somebody was. He's a veteran by years of experience, yeah. but certainly not a veteran on the field. Like you said, Malik Willis has more playing time than Josh Dobbs yeah. does. It's just he's been around the league longer. Yeah. So, so they did the right thing by, by not playing the young quarterback, who obviously is far for – if he's ever going to be any good, it's not now. So, so we'll see. What you may doing. even see just direct snaps to Derrick Henry. You might see, yeah. I, I would. I mean, it's you, to give you the extra blocker. We, we all know that that's where the game's going. It's Derrick Henry's game. Didn't they do that in Nashville? Yeah. That's over, what I thought. Over the years, they've done that song. Yeah, they, that's, been part, that's been a. Right. A, but I think the Jaguars. There was saw one that. where they tried to direct snap it to him. Tannehill was in the game. And because they their split was so much closer, Arden Key recognized it. That's right. And that's what led to the fumble and the recovery. Right. Um, but but yeah, I mean, if if you're Mike Vrabel, why why even have Josh Dobbs out there if it's yeah. a handoff yeah. to Henry? Right. You know, on on some of these plays, yeah. why wouldn't you just yeah put in the extra blocker? Tell right. the Jags this is a run. Right. Right. Even and, though we know you, yeah. we, we know you can, we know you can substitute too. But right. Well, and here's one more reason to use the extra blocker. Their offensive line isn't very good. Right. So so you could you could use all the hope you can get. It's gonna be a fun game. Can't wait to talk more about it and to watch. We'll take a break. When we come back, I said it before. I said it today. It was one of the most successful Gator Bowls in history. In history, and I've lived here my whole life. I've been going to the Gator Bowls. I saw. I was there when Woody Hayes hit Bauman. Okay, I, I've, I've been. I've gone to a lot of those. I saw Floyd Little playing the Gator Bowl when I was like seven years old. So I've, I've, I've been to a lot of those. It's one of the best ones we've ever had. I asked Greg McGarity. Normally his uh, up his uh, reports end before the game, but I asked him to come in here and take a victory lap because it was a great day, great game to call. Great game to watch. So we'll talk uh, how it all came together. Uh, Greg McGarity, the executive director of the Gator Bowl, joins us after this. The College Football Report is presented each week by the Gator Bowl with executive director Greg McGarity. Here's Greg with the Frangie Show crew. Hold on, Thursday today with Frankie Valley. Greg McGarity's here. I would think you've been grinning for a week. Am I right? Have you grinning? Smiling, having some wine, celebrating something. Well, we were grinning back in the first first uh, of December when we knew we had when these you, two when you teams. Knew he had. <laughs> so we were uh, really happy, but to see it really come full circle and end up with a game like we had was uh, kind of storybook kind of stuff. It was it was it was the best Gator Bowl in decades. That's great. Decades. That's great. And a lot I, of people I, have commented yeah, on yeah, just yeah, the yeah. whole. Environment. I'm from here. I'm born and raised here. It was the best Gator Bowl. In, I'm just telling you, it's the best great. Gator Bowl in decades. And I want to say this to you. I said it to you off the air, but I wanted you to come in and say it to you on the air. When we for, bowl reps are all good. We loved having Catlett in. He's one of our buddies. We've loved having other Gator Bowl reps. We've had we've had reps from a bunch of bowls on the air. And typically, what a go, what a Gator Bowl rep has to, what a bowl rep has to say is, we respect the conferences. We'll, we'll take what what what, what, what we get. And we respect them, and we're certainly happy the team. From when you came in here in September, bro, you said we need proximity. We need at least one of these teams to be here, and I'm going to fight for that. I mean, you 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 never wavered from that, and yeah, there's some luck involved, but I but you you weren't backing off. I don't think unless you got Florida State, Florida, or South Carolina. Is, am I, is that a right read? Yeah, I mean that was our priority all along, and uh, you know the stars just aligned this way, so it happened. So, uh, but sure, I think. Some of the groundwork that you can lay, you never know when it helps. Yeah. But uh, certainly, you want to advocate for what you feel is best for your your bowl game, and uh, then it's up to others to kind of make the decision from there. Greg keeps talking about how the sixty-four yard field goal he got lucky because it was windy. <laughs> Still going to make the sixty-four yard <laughs> field goal. I, I think it was phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what the the data has been 
outstanding. Yeah, Can show you us that. Share some of that with us, Greg. Well, we had the uh, the fourth fourth best attended game uh, this right. year, uh, even above the, the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. Of all year. the bowls, the fourth best. And the Orange Bowl. Yeah, and one and the Rose Bowl has 100,000 seats, by the way. Right. And right. it's one of the greatest tradition in sport. And the other two above you were playoff games. Yeah. So, so think about other than the Rose and two playoff games, the best draw. You know, almost 5.8 million people watched the game, which also put us uh, the highest non-playoff game. How about that? There. So uh, just the measurables were off the chart. Uh, so those are obviously important to TaxLayer, our – our title sponsor, because uh, once you get the the uh, the data from Nielsen, it shows you the value yeah. it would be to TaxSlayer. And last year it was excellent with 3.5 million people watching, but this time uh, with a couple of million more people watching, it's, it's going to be off the charts as far mm-hmm. as the value it brings to TaxSlayer in the event they had a bought that time from the Disney family. Everyone I know that went had an absolute blast. Is there anything that you wish you could change in, in looking back now? I'm sure there will be some things once we get the after-action report from uh, South Carolina and Notre Dame. But, but I'll say this. I knew going in – we all knew going into the game that it took so many people and so many entities to make it work because this was our time to shine because you had so many people that had never been to Jacksonville before. But the bridges were never, were never backed up. Right. So – Everything that, uh, that, the, that the city did, that uh, JSO, JFRD, ASM, uh, JTA, the Jaguars, the, the practice sites, everybody delivered. So we're dependent upon those entities mm-hmm. and those uh, men and women of those areas to put our best face forward because they're the first people people see when they come into town. So the traffic was phenomenal. Yeah post-game and pre-game. So we couldn't be prouder of our partners that really helped us get things done because we're just a small group. And if we don't depend on those professionals to do the job, but they aced it and they knocked it out of the park. We were uh, from the broadcast from the broadcast booth calling the game. I can see the bridges, the Hart and the Matthews. And I can't tell you over my life of going to that stadium and calling a bunch of games and being in that press box a bunch, how many times it's kickoff and you look at those two bridges, and they're full. And you can see them from where we are. None of them are full. And the people were in the stadium. Uh, the vibe around it, man. The tailgate. And it, those South Carolina folks, you know, uh, I'm sorry for them they didn't win the game. But, boy, did they do their part. They were everywhere. You know, Carolina fans uh, throughout my career in the SEC have always been really resilient. Uh, yeah, they've had yeah. moments of greatness with Coach Spurrier and Coach Holtz there. And not so great moments otherwise, but they've always been there. I mean, they could have a losing season. They're going to be there and support their football team. And so I think the environment the culture there that Ray Tanner is now uh, at the helm as an AD, you know, they've got a really a good thing going because uh, what Steve Spurrier did there was phenomenal. And I didn't think they would ever get back to that level, but I, I think Shane has a chance. He's got all the intangibles. Yeah. Uh, so I think they're on the move forward, and even though they uh, had a little uh, step down here, I think great things are ahead for the Gamecocks. So, so tell me about TV window. You had an awesome window, three thirty on a Friday before New Year's Eve. People had shut it down, so it was it was the perf the perfect window, and you had perfect weather. So, 
But so how does the how does the negotiating for the window? Do they just tell you when the game's going to be? Absolutely. Oddly enough, the way we got this window was because of the Titans in Nashville. They had a Thursday night game oh, this year. Okay. And uh, the 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 uh, the game in Nashville Music was supposed City to be Bowl. on Friday, the day we had, but they could not turn the field around quick oh. enough. So they had to move their game a day later till the 31st. Okay. So not an ideal window. I mean, just, I mean, everything had to fall our way. I mean, Utah had to beat Southern Cal. That happened. If Utah had not beaten Southern Cal, tell me how that would have played out. Southern Cal would have been in the final four. Okay. Okay. That's right. And then all along, we thought that Ohio State would automatically go to to the Rose Bowl and Penn State would, would not be in contention for a spot in the Orange Bowl. Right. So when when Ohio State said no, we're not you know if they're not in the Final Four they're going to flip back to uh, the Orange Bowl to, to the Orange Bowl then all of a sudden that created uh, uh, the when the Orange Bowl did not populate Miami that left the option to where Tampa was not going to be able to take an ACC team. I see. So that that created a dynamic there to when you know we felt good about that but if Utah didn't win then. Uh, then this game that we had probably would have been played at the ReliQuest Bowl because they would have had to have an ACC team in yeah. Tampa playing South Carolina probably. And so, who doesn't want Notre Dame? That's right. Oh, they wouldn't have had Notre Dame. They would not have. But they would have had South Carolina. That's correct. Interesting. It is very interesting. What are your early thoughts about the dogs going for a repeat Monday night? What kind of game do you think we'll see? Wow. You know, I think uh, uh, I saw two touchdown uh, spread there, which I think is – really unrealistic. I think you've got a team that's having a magical run. They may not be in contention every year, but you see that all the time in college athletics where one team gets hot at the right time. And I think TCU is that team that's hot at the right time. And, you know, it's going to come down to who can execute and who cannot. I mean, that's what happened in Ohio State in the Georgia game. I mean, field goals missed, little things like that, that, that really can swing the balance there. And so, is whoever makes the fewest mistakes or whoever makes the biggest plays or is going to win that game. When Ruggles lined up for the kick, did you think it was going through? I did. I, I just thought it. <laughs> well, that, you do. You know, if it's your team, you expect the other I'm, yeah. I'm thinking 50 yards is, is not out of the realm of possibility in college, you know, place kickers. Yeah. Uh, so I thought, you know, I, I said, well, this is just not Georgia's time because Ohio State really played a great game. It was yeah. a great college game, yeah. but unfortunately for the young man, it, he didn't make it. Yeah. And, um, Things just didn't work out for Ohio State. Were you able to watch the Gator Bowl? Because I know, I know yes, there's a lot, I of, stuff, I know there's a lot yes. of stuff going on. <laughs> yes. No, because I, I saw you at one time in the hallway. Right. And there were some monitor <laughs> issues, and I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll let you decide if you want to talk yeah. about those or not. But I mean, but there you had to you had to work through some stuff. Were you able to sit in your booth or your box? No, I I didn't have a booth. I just I watched the game on the sidelines. Oh, you did. You and okay. then when we uh, you're kind of like a fireman on game day. Yeah, you are. So you are. We had to put out a fire up in the up in the press box and the coaches' booths, but it all worked out and. Yeah. The ASM team did a great job of getting that fixed up. Had a little power failure, but it was repaired quickly. But, yeah, I think on game day, really all our staff is in in a fireman's mode because you can plan only so much and then others have to deliver. But things always come up, and you just got to be able to pivot from one thing to another. Greg was going to come on the air with Shane and and, and me during the broadcast, but I said, Greg, he goes, I'm taking care of that. Okay, so <laughs> you know what? And I saw the look on your face. Okay, you know what? I better just pat you on the back and say congratulations on a great game. Yeah. Uh, but the reason I ask is, what a game! Back and what a back, what a back and forth, wonderful game it was too. Well, you thought uh, Notre Dame was going to put it away when they were driving, and what they were, were they just thinking? they were they were knocking 
Carolina off the ball. Right. And the next and thing you know, the pass. they're running the other way with a 100-yard yeah. interception. I'm sitting to myself, well, I throw it. Yeah, they for, just need a field goal would have put them two scores up. Right. For people that haven't watched the game, the South, Notre Dame is, is – South Carolina led a lot of the game. Notre Dame is battling back. Well, Notre Dame is starting to now win the line of scrimmage. They're running it like crazy. They take a five-point lead or whatever it is. They're about to – or six, whatever it is. They're about to win the game. Running it on every play, every play, every play. Up seven. Yeah, up, uh, was it seven? Okay, so they're up seven, and they can't stop them. They clearly can't stop them. They're about to win the game, and then out of nowhere, they throw a pass. <laughs> and it's a hundred-yard pick six, <laughs> and all of a sudden they're losing. So it was a, but it was a, uh, it was, a, it was an amazing game. So all right, so before we let you go, I know you got stuff to do on Monday night at the McGarity household. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many people are going to be there. I need total. I need total numbers. Two, plus, <laughs> plus Riley the dog. <laughs> All right. That's so, how we do it. So will you and Cheryl have the big green egg out? Are you gonna, are you gonna, we have a lot of beers around like on the counter in case you need them. No, what time's the game kick? 7.30, which really means 8 yeah. o'clock. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that'll be a little late for me. So, uh, I don't know. They moved it up an hour. I do appreciate that. 7.30 yeah. versus 8.30. Yeah. Makes a difference for so. a guy that's my age, you know. Because let me tell you what, all the senior citizens, yeah. it makes yeah. a big difference. Because if, if you're Greg McGarity, okay, and you just had one of the greatest Gator Bowls ever that you worked all year for, and and everybody's lauding you, they have to be because this thing was off the chart. So you do all your after stuff, then you sit home on 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 Monday night with your wife and watch Georgia win this back to back national title. That'd be a pretty good year to be McGarity, wouldn't you say? Pretty good. That'd year. be that'd be. I would say Georgia national championship. One of the greatest Gator Bowls ever, Georgia National Championship. You've pretty much done that. Right? I mean, what else is there, right? You better go to Cancun or something because you're going to have trouble topping all that, right? Uh, just very lucky, very fortunate. <laughs> Greg, thank you. Congratulations. You guys did a great job. Thanks for stopping by. Got a great staff. Thank you. Uh, Greg McGarry, the executive director of the Gator Bowl and one of the best Gator Bowls we've ever had. Uh, back in a moment. This is 1010XL 92.5 FM. Frankie Valley uh, on Old Rock Thursday. Compliments of our buddy Dave Campo, who said he can't wait to go see him. Got me thinking about it. So there you go. Um, a lot of football talk today. Um, we've talked all about the Jaguars, and Greg McGarity talked about the Gator Bowl. Let's get to this whole NFL thing. So the way I see it, Hayes, they will decide uh, it, it, the game's no contest, meaning wasn't played, The and they will use percentages, win percentages, at least so far as we know right now, and I, and I don't think they've totally determined how they're going to do it, but win, winning percentages for to determine how to uh, see the teams. There's, there, It's going to be more specific than that, but for, for today, that's kind of where we are, don't you think? It's where we are, and, and there's really, I don't think, anything else that, that can be done. I, I, don't, you know, I, I don't think you move your playoff schedule back in its entirety simply for one game. Um, they are both in the tournament, um, you know, so I, I think the, the protecting who actually got in the tournament, I think had to be paramount over protecting the seeding or letting the seeding play out to a 17 game conclusion for, for, for all the teams. I, I think they're making the right call. Uh, the Buffalo New England game from a competitive standpoint needs to be played because that game's going to go a long way to determining the final playoff spot in the AFC wildcard race. So I, I think they're doing a good job there. And, and then, yeah, it's just unfortunate what happened, uh, you know, but it's, uh, it, it's, it's one of those things. I don't think there's anything else that the league can do other than leave it up to the, the winning percentages with Buffalo and, and Cincinnati playing one fewer game. 
Yeah, I think especially now with the good news as far as DeMar Hamlin is concerned, I think that the Bills are 100% playing the Patriots, and so we don't have to get into that second level of if another game is missed. I think that game will go on as planned, and and they should use winning percentages. And I think this is a good format. Uh, Hopefully nothing like what we saw ever happens again, but if there is – a storm and, and weather affects a game and it just can't be played, it can't be moved, all that kind of stuff, then they just use this this exact uh, same plan and they do that moving forward. So of all the things that I read today, one thing, and I think it was pro football talk, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Florio that tweeted this. I could be wrong. And sometimes there's there's shocking things, but yeah, okay, here we go. This is This is tweeted by him about an hour ago. Ready for this? Here's a look at where things currently stand as to scheduling. Number one, no Bills-Bengals game. We knew that. Number two, NFL figuring out what to do with the AFC seeding. We just discussed that. Three and four, and he said the what he believes are possibilities, okay? Neutral site for an AFC championship game is possible. I never heard that, okay? I hate that. Yeah, okay. yeah. I hate it too, and, and he might just be throwing yeah. darts, but I mean, but it is Florio who knows a little bit about it. Number four. Expansion of playoff fields to eight teams in both conferences is possible. Just, I, I just, just we're just this year. I'm we're gonna, I'm it, reading, a a week before it starts, we're yeah. just going to say, "Oh, and by the way, yeah. we're putting two extra teams in the tournament." Yeah, I'm reading it verbatim. I'm yeah. fine with that as long I, as it's I not would the hate Titans. that too. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think what, what would the need of, what's the need there? Yeah, the uh, because I guess they can't determine. A certain scenario based off of that game not getting okay. played. The, uh, here's the thing, and again, I'm just, again, this is just, and who knows if Florio's just staying crap or if he's got stuff, but he's a pretty connected guy. Um, uh, the, there's, there's no, I, I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read everything he in, in his whole. Post. Why don't we just throw paper airplanes yeah. down a hallway <laughs> and right. to determine the playoff seating? That sounds like fun. The question becomes seating in the AFC playoffs. Winning percentage becomes the most obvious method, but there are concerns about how, ec- how about equity given that the winner of the bills bengal game would have been in position to be one of the top seed AFC, or one of the top AFC seeds. One possibility would be to add an eighth team to the playoff field in the AFC. This would eliminate the, the buy for the number one seed. To ensure competitive balance, there would have to be eight teams in the NFC too. The NFL Players Association would have to agree to a temporary expansion of the playoff field. Uh, discussions are continuing on the possibility of making the AFC Championship a neutral site game. The problem with this approach is that if, for example, a team other than the Bills, Chiefs, or Bengals qualifies, there's no need to use a neutral site. All right, so I, I, my guess is this is Florio off the top of his head. I'll give you my responses to all of it. I don't think neutral site's going to happen no matter what, A. And B, they're not going to expand the playoff field. The The expanding of the playoff field makes very little sense because the the drastic penalty goes to the best team who's played all year for that only buy. Remember, there's only two buys now. There's one buy in every conference, which is kind of funky the way they do it. But there's only one buy in every conference. And so for the Eagles or Bills or Chiefs, whoever is going to get that buy, to all of a sudden look up and say, you don't have it now, that's the dagger. If you expand, if you added a team to the playoffs, who cares? It's one year. It's one, one extra team gets in. I don't care. If you – Played a neutral site game. I think it's a dumb idea, and it'll never happen. But it is what it is. But how do you rob a team that's played four months to get the buy of the buy? 
that would be the most damaging thing of everything he suggested. Well, and the other thing, too, is if Kansas City beats the Raiders Saturday afternoon, they're 14-3. and three. That eliminates Cincinnati. Right. Cincinnati wouldn't have caught them anyway. So they have no argument. Right. Uh, Buffalo would have a little bit of an argument, but I also think it would be fair for the league to say, well, look, the game that got vacated is a game you were losing. Yeah. Now, it was early, but if you watched what we saw in that game, I, I don't think it's... I don't, I don't think Buffalo was absolutely going to win that game. There's no yeah. way they can make that argument. Yeah, I don't think they'll say that, though. I, I think the, the, your, your, the first point you made about the Bengals not being in play, I don't think they would penalize the Bills because they were behind when the game when it happened. I, I, even though us all watching thought the Bengals might roll them. I mean, I, I thought the same thing watching the first. We've watched a lot of games where it looked that way for a quarter and a half, and it changed. Ohio State, Georgia. Yeah, yeah. so I think it's, what's really going to happen is it's going to come down to winning percentage, and that's it. And that, that and, I, and I think that's it. If Bills Bengals had been in the beginning of the fourth quarter and it was 21-17 Bengals beating the Bills, what would they have done if anything differently? Would they have called that as an actual result or do you think they still yeah, would have said yeah, I don't, no contest? I don't think so. I think still no contest, but it's a good question. It is it would, good. Would, would it have been like baseball right. where you you can put right, so because, many innings? Yeah, right. I hear you. It's a great question. I don't think so, but it's a good question. I don't who knows what where that would have gone. They could have just awarded it to the leading team with a quarter to go. Um, so I, I don't know. I find myself thinking that if Kansas City beats the Raiders, they're deserving of the one seed. Right. They're they're fourteen and three. Uh, the the AFC playoff road should go through Arrowhead Stadium. Okay. So so if they are if if the if Kansas City wins and the Bills win. This week, what are their what are their the winners? Bills would be thirteen and three, the Chiefs would be fourteen and three. Well, then the bill, then 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 what if they couldn't go to overall percentage because the Bills didn't get to play the game? Would it be conference record? I mean, what would, I mean, what, what what would they? You see what I mean? I don't know what they would do at that point. I think it, the Chiefs would just get the one seed. They'd have think, the better, they have a higher percentage. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So, well, then, okay. That's how they would do that, you think? That's how I would assume. The Chiefs would have a 14-3 and record. Right. The Bills would be 13-3. Yeah, because you can't assume – I hear you. Because you can't assume that the Bills would have won the other game. You also can't assume that they would have lost the other game. So you, right. can't, you can't make them 14-3 and or 13-4. and You just have to go to percentage. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and it's an unfortunate, unfortunate circumstance, obviously, yeah. for the Bills because they may feel like they would have won the game, but you didn't play the game, and so therefore yeah. the Chiefs played an extra game, could have gotten guys okay. hurt. When All right. Okay. I think it gets but what gets complicated is if the Raiders if, win. If the Raiders That's win. Right. If the Raiders like, win the I, game. I would expect the Raiders to be called for roughly – yeah. 19 penalties <laughs> yes. yeah, in, in Saturday's game. In the first just quarter. In the first, <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. so we're clear. Yeah, yeah, the, if yeah. I'm Josh McDaniels, yeah. I would be willing right. to bet that you're, yeah. you're going you're gonna to be seeing Ra- a lot of flags on your team. The, if the Raiders win the game. Then you've they, got a real problem. And then they go by percentages. The Bills, in all likelihood. Correct. We would get the, what, what's the Bengals record? They're 11-4. and four. So yeah, if they yeah. beat the Ravens, they would be 12-4. and four. Right. So they would still be – behind right the Chiefs yeah yeah I'll, but it sounds like that's where we're headed it sounds like that's where we're, and I don't think that all these other um ad playoff teams neutral site I don't think that's happening I think it's going to come down to per- percentage of victories and and again what makes it really clunky is the one buy if there were two buys 
then one seed versus two seed aren't all that different. But when the one seed doesn't have to play a game in this violent, brutal sport, they're enormously different. That's the thing. Enormously different. So anyway, good. and if the Chiefs lose to the Raiders, then they just shouldn't get the seat, the number one seat in the bye, because it's the Raiders at this point in and, time. And they, yeah, and I, and I even, it's, it's the Raiders are six and ten, so yeah, that would yeah. be a really unexpected. A result. six and ten team playing a quarterback for the second game, right? Playing Jared Stedham for the second game, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Well, we'll, yeah, like if I was the Raiders, I wouldn't even play Devontae Adams in yeah, this game. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they probably will, but I mean, why, why would you? Why would you try to win this game if yeah. you're Las Vegas? It'll be interesting to see the way the whole thing plays out. The, uh, the, the, and, and um, so let's assume the Jaguars win the game, okay? Which means if it if if nothing changes, they play host to the Chargers. They're the four seed, right? Well, they'd be the four seed away if they win the division. Right. But but if nothing changes, the Chargers are the opponent. Okay. Is is there anything that can happen if the Chargers lose and the Ravens win? Does that flip back? Yes, it does, doesn't it? So if the Chargers lose, and the Ravens win. Then all of a sudden, that then all of a sudden the Ravens come here, that, which is I think what everybody should be pulling for. That's what I'm pulling for. I'd way rather play the. We, it's very clear this team matches up better against a running team than a passing team. So I would. And who knows when Lamar yeah. Jackson will play again? Right. And I and I yes, I know that the Jags went out there and walloped the Chargers. I was there, but I still the way teams match up with each other, I would rather see. The Ravens, I, I really, and that wasn't the same Chargers team that's playing now. Yeah, yeah that's right. As well, far well, as health wise, right. well, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams, both were out. Right, and Justin both Herbert, could, it felt like could barely breathe. And he was, and he was, he was played, he played hurt. Very good point. So let's assume it's let's assume it's Jags Chargers. When is that game? Now the windows you've got are four and eight on Saturday, one four thirty and eight on Sunday, and then Monday night. So those are your, those are your those are your windows. I guess Saturday at four. It'll be your first game. Yeah. I would think either Saturday at four or Sunday at one. I, I would it, think those are the two options you would. I don't think they're not getting prime time again. And no. So so and I don't and, and every other window is a prime window. It's a fifty fifty call Between because those they're two. they're going to be the opening act. Yeah. Of either day. Yeah. I so agree, it's agree. just a question of does the league want to put the Chargers in a more comfortable four o'clock slot Good call. for them. Um, but it would give the Chargers one – they'd be on a short week yeah. by a day. The Jaguars would have full rest. Uh, so, you know, but I think if you're the Chargers, you'd probably rather do that than play uh, – you know, it's – who's game. to say? But to play 1 o'clock, yeah. not that they haven't done it, they're used to it, but it is much earlier, yeah. you know. Uh, so, but it, that, it'll be one of those two. There's no way they'll – you know, they'll be the opening act. Yeah, yeah. One of the two. One of the two days. And I think, and, and Mike, I'm going to guess four o'clock Saturday. That's what I would think. I, be, I'm going to guess four o'clock Saturday, but it'll certainly be one of those two games. Second break. Let's talk a little bit about the the hoops world going on after this. Stay with us. Frankie Valley today on Old Rock Thursday. I may go with Dave Campo. Dave and me. That'd be me. awesome. Tell you what. That's a party cruise, what that is. You put Campbell and me in the same room together at a concert. Yeah. You've got to be in a good mood when you're around Dave Campbell. You really – is he totally the best agree. guy yeah. ever? Yeah. yeah. He, 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 what a great – I love yeah. listening to him. I, absolutely. He's a wonderful guy. So, And he loves him some Frankie Valley. That's why it's on Old Rock Thursday uh, today. I'm going to get to Gator Athletics, and I'm going to tag a little bit on what Hayes said yesterday. Uh, this is the uh, 1010 Take. It's brought to you by Batteries Plus. Power it, light it, fix it. Eight Jacksonville area locations. This is a real critical time for Scott Strickland. I like Scott very much. I think he's a good athletic director and a really good man. He 
has done for facilities from a facility standpoint. He's done at Florida, which has never been done. What has never been done before? The baseball stadium is state of the art. They have redone the basketball arena to where uh, they were able to renovate it and make it look as modern and and and, and terrific as possible. Uh, the football standalone facility is one that will help them recruit, and they are about to embark on a renovation of the swamp that I heard is going to be mind blowing. The gymnastics team, to your point, Lauren, is always very good. Baseball is going to be ranked second or third to start the season this year. they got a lot of guys back. This probably will be a bounce-back year for them. They were going to be great in the COVID year, and then they had a couple off years. I think they'll bounce back this year. But you know how you're measured? You're measured on football, and to a lesser extent, basketball. And I am concerned about whether or not they can turn the corner. And as much as I like Scott Strickland, I, and I am a gigantic Scott Strickland fan, I think it's one of the most crucial times in his career and in one of the most crucial times in the history of Florida athletics to see if they can get football and basketball back on track. And that's the 10-10 take. I, I totally agree. I, I think Florida is at a real crossroads. They're, they're becoming dangerously accepting of losing, in my opinion. And I, I understand Billy Napier just completed his first season, Todd Golden in the middle of his first season. But both these first seasons now appear on their way to disaster. The football season was a disaster, just a disaster. I, I don't care that you beat Utah, okay? You went to the Las Vegas Bowl, whatever that is, and got beat by 30 to a team that calls themselves the Beavers. Uh, the Beavs. You, you did nothing against your rivals. I, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think that, and I think it's going to be a tough path. I do not see a, 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 a quick turnaround coming in 2023. Uh, I don't like the schedule. And frankly, I don't like the quarterback. And I don't <laughs> think they're, they'll be better on defense, but I don't know that it will be substantially better. And I don't know that there's going to be a lot of talent around the bad quarterback. Other than I think they'll have, they have two really good running backs. But at the University of Florida, when you're talking about the University of Florida's football team, you should be able to pull out off the top of your head four or five things that you're real excited about that should give everybody in the SEC a problem. You, you, you probably have some weaknesses here and there. That's, that's pretty much all this team is, is weaknesses. So, uh, and the basketball, it's, it's too early. And, and, you know, again, that's something that, you know, we'll see. But it, it certainly hasn't gone to plan. Uh, and, and, again, I think the problem is if, these, if, if the Napier and Golden hires don't work, Florida is not the, does not have to be the, well, let's go find the hot guy that's never done it at this level. We know from reporting the football job could have gone to an, an established, credible head coach, but they didn't want to go that route. Uh, I, you know, I, I would assume in basketball there was probably that opportunity, uh, but Scott Strickland wanted young and up and coming, and uh, so I, I think it's, I think it's absolutely a critical time because it, it feels like there's an acceptance of mediocrity, and it's not even mediocrity. They're bad. They were bad in football, and it looks like they're going to be bad in basketball. Do you think that Mike White would be doing a better job with this team assembled than Todd Golden is doing? I do. 
I think yeah, I think I think Mike White's a better coach than Todd Golden. And I and I and by the way, I may be proven to be wrong. Like I said, I, every time I say that, I remind everybody that when Lon Kruger bolted for Illinois, a very established good basketball coach who had taken Florida to a Final Four, and they brought in this young 29-year-old guy named Billy Donovan who had, had been at Marshall for two years and promptly had two losing seasons at Florida. I thought Lon Kruger was clearly the better coach. I was clearly wrong, it turned out. So who knows? Do you think a different but, football coach would have done a better job with Florida's football roster? Let, let, let me finish the basketball, then I'll get to because they're both great questions. So I think Mike White is a better football co- a better basketball coach than, than, than Todd Golden. I hope he proves me wrong. But I always liked Mike White. I, I, I think we forget he had a 29-6 and six season – and was a double dribble or a travel not called away from the Final Four. That really happened. We didn't make that up. He, if if Keontae Johnson doesn't get hurt, and he's got Trey Mann and Scott Keontae Johnson on the same team in the COVID year, I think that's a that's an elite eight team. I, Keontae Johnson's one of the best players in college basketball this year. Have you seen his numbers? Mm-hmm. So so I think Trey Mann and Heat together. I think it would have been an enormous season. I think Mike White's a good coach. I think he left because of all the noise in social media. His wife got tired of it. His kids got tired of it. Uh, other schools wanted him. He took the first one that called, and I think he left on his own volition. I think he's a good coach. I don't know if he's, he's not great, but I think he's a good coach. Todd Golden, I hope, becomes a good – and I don't know – by the way, I don't sit here and think Todd Golden's a bad coach. That's not fair at all. He just got there. He may turn out to be a good coach, but I think I think he would have built a better team, and I think they would be better now. Again, that's not fair to Todd Golden. He just started, but I think that. I'm confident in football. Uh, I, Hayes and I disagree a little bit. I I, I don't know how good they're going to be next year. But I think they've got the right guy in football. I think he's going to build it. I'm nervous about the play calling a little bit, but I've talked to people that, that know more than I do that think that's going to be okay. I think they've got the right – in today's climate of college football, where you're not going to X and O anybody anymore, you're not. You're not beating anybody with X's and O's anymore. I wish you could, but you can't. You're beating – it. it's, it's way more Jimmy's and Joe's now. Uh, it just is. And, and and we have seen that over and over and over and over and over. I don't think Ryan Day's any great XO's guy. But he got better plays at Ohio State than the rest of the Big Ten is ever going to get. I'm sure Nick Saban once upon a time was a great X's and O's guy and still could get on the board and wow you. But they're winning because of the five stars. Kirby's winning because of the five stars. It's it's never been more clear. And I'm convinced Billy Napier is going to get the five stars. And, I, and I'm convinced he'll be a suitable football coach. So for me... There's not another coach that they could have had, because it's a great question, Lauren. There's not another coach that they could have had in football that I would have preferred, that they could have had that I would have preferred. Uh, basketball, I'm nervous about. Basketball, I'm nervous because um, I'm a big Florida basketball fan. You know, so a lot of Florida fans are way more football than basketball. Hayes, you're probably that guy. Uh, I, I'm, 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 it's almost even for me. Not even, but it's, it's close to even for me. So I'm worried about the basketball. That's that's my take. What are your what's your takes on her two questions? They're great questions. Then I'm gonna ask you to answer your own questions after that. Well, I mean, I remain hopeful about Billy Napier. I you know I do. I think the recruiting class was a a, a very a good class. I uh, they do need to add five stars, but in 2024, the early returns are that they might be hitting that level. DJ Lagway, uh, Miles Graham. They've got two players right now that that seem to be a consensus top 30 player. Uh, you know, that that's excellent. And we'll see what kind of a, a boost Lagway being uh, the Pied Piper of the class can, you know, can help. But I, I, I look at it from Florida should have gotten Sam Hartman. Uh, they should have made that happen. They didn't. Uh, you know, I, to, to take Graham Mertz, I think, is, is a desperation move and one in which I don't think they're going to be particularly pleased with. Uh, and I, I look at a schedule this year and next year that is absolutely brutal. 
if Billy Napier is able to win 10 games this coming season or in 2024, which in that schedule, obviously, that's going to be a totally different reimagining of the conference. So you don't know what the league's going to do. Is Florida right. going to have to play Oklahoma and Texas? Yeah, and, you know, I mean, we, we just don't know. Hard, hard to know. Yeah, but – but it's going to be a difficult schedule because I can look at the out-of-conference and tell you it's going to be a difficult schedule if you're playing Miami, UCF, and Florida State at a conference and then you're going to play your eight or nine SEC games. So, And I just, I just wonder if in this era, can Billy Napier go six and seven and then I'll, I'll even give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Can he go six and seven, seven and six, eight and five and still be there in year four. And, and, and by the way, if he can't and you feel like he's heading in the right direction with recruiting players, then we're really screwed up in our sports society. If, if through, I understand running a guy out three years when it looks like the momentum's headed in the wrong direction, like it was with Mullen. If you can see that he hasn't recruited, that he got arrogant a little bit when pushed, um, when he, when he, when he, Obviously, didn't do some obvious things like play Damian Pierce and some of that stuff. I can see, okay, you might have the wrong guy, not because of the results on the field. See, I think I think you judge me. You and I've had this conversation about Mike Norvell. You said a lot of times to me, "Hey, well, he's thirteen and eighteen or twelve. I to me, the judgment is bigger than that. The judgment is, do you have the right guy? Sometimes you can have the right guy, and the numbers on the field don't show it. I told you guys this. Ron Zook's first two years at Illinois, he was four and twenty. He was two and ten both years, but they could see who he was recruiting. They could see what they could see the culture changing. They had they could tell in the weight room those were future NFL guys to a school that never had those for a while didn't have any. So you know what I mean? so you could see more than the numbers. So I think it's way more than the record. So if someone says yeah Billy's on, I mean uh, Billy Napier's recruiting a lot of good players and it looks like they're headed in the right direction. Um, I like where they're headed. Ah, but he's had three eight and three seven and six seasons. Got to let him go. I hope we I hope we're not there yet. And, and not just with Florida, with anywhere. What about basketball? Just too early to tell, obviously. Yeah, I, I, I have confidence in Todd Golden. Uh, I, I think this has been a, a, a difficult year and a year that's going to be, you know, leaner than I'd hoped. Uh, but I sort you know, when, when Mike White left and Todd Golden came in, I, I think we said at the time it was going to be a really difficult year one for Todd Golden. Then Castleton stayed. And it looked like he had done pretty well in the portal. And that gave you some hope that Todd Golden could come in in year one and at least have the program on the same level where Mike White was leaving it, where they are competent, not fantastic, but you were sort of hoping for competent in year one and then bigger things in year two or year three. Well, it looks like they're well on their way to you know now because I, I, last night's loss was pitiful. Um, and so it's going to be really difficult now for them to, to dig out of this. And, uh, you know, so I, I think now you're looking at year one that's going to be disappointing because I think it's, they're going to have a losing record now. I mean, and again, the, the genesis, the, the seed is there for them to improve. But I saw the first half they played last night was just grotesque. And it, you're, you're getting too deep in the season. They're, they're just, again, there just doesn't feel to be any desperation. Just like the football team, there didn't feel there was no sense of desperation of we are not going to let this happen. We are not going to lose in Vanderbilt. You know, we're not going to allow that to happen. It just feels like the energy, what the the Gators mystique that's always sort of been there, the edge, 
the edge. Yeah. Just doesn't feel like it exists. Answer your own questions. They're good ones. I think Billy Napier got the most out of the team that we saw this football season. I think the roster was really bad that he inherited, and I don't think he did a good enough job in the transfer portal, so you can knock him there. But I think as far as what he had to work with, I think he did the best he could have done. With Todd Golden, it's it's interesting how it, it does feel like we're seeing kind of a similar story as far as the reason that people disliked Mike White so much is the team couldn't score. Obviously, last night was more the the takeaways. Texas A&M turned, or Florida turned the ball over 20 times. Texas A&M had 20 takeaways. But leading up to that last night's game, this team just isn't able to shoot. That was the problem. Offensively, it felt like Mike White could never get the team into a rhythm. And it, it's interesting that it, even though Todd Golden's supposed to be this three-point shooting wizard of a coach, the team is still having those massive, awesome offensive struggles. And you're really, in fairness to Todd Golden and even Mike White, it, it used to be all different kind of basketball schemes. and, and pl- Not anymore. It's almost like the NFL. You play a lot of the same offenses now. Um, your shooting is as good as your players are. And I don't think Todd Golden's got very good players. He Listen, he was a guy who grew up in San Francisco. He's a West Coast guy. He, he'd been a head coach three years or so. All of a sudden, he pops in, and he's he- and he's a head coach in SEC school when the league's better than it's ever been. He deserves time to figure it out. I, I want to be clear about this. I, I, at no point have I said, oh, my God, I, I see these people on Twitter. Oh, he's a bad coach. I, I, it cracks me up. He just got here. But it's the same people that called Mike White mid-major Mike, and Mike's got to go. And, again, I think Mike White is a really good basketball coach, and Florida's going to rue the day that they kind of ran him off. And even though – you say that he left of his own volition. Florida fans, a lot of Florida fans wanted him out. That we, you, and he knew that. And so Saturday's a big day. Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, it is and it isn't. If Mike White comes in there and beats Florida, that doesn't mean Mike White's great and Todd Golden's crap and shame. I, I don't, I, I don't put all that on. That I, no. I wouldn't do that to Todd Golden. But Florida that, falls to zero and three in yeah, the conference. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. That's that. That's the thing. I, but I think people, if if Mike White go, wins. It's one game. In my mind, it's one game. The bigger picture is uh, a year next March, not this March, next March when they've both been there two full years, who's, who's got the better program. That's way better than, than indicting Todd Golden if he loses this one game to, to Mike White. So it'll be interesting to see. So we'll keep an eye on it. Take a break. Uh, Lauren will wrap the show with news and notes after this. Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons today on Old Rock Thursday. A nod to one Coach Dave Campo. We'll get to see them live this year. All right. News and notes, as always, brought to you by Doubled Up Sport Fishing Charters. You've heard me talking about them for a couple weeks now. They are just fantastic. Make sure you get your new year off on the right foot. That would be go reel in some fish on the luxury 50-foot custom Carolina with Captain John Sheffield. Visit them, doubledupsportfishingcharters.com, or find them on Facebook. All right, gentlemen, we have not gotten to this yet today, but I want to go through the 15 finalists for the 2023 Hall of Fame, Pro Football Hall of Fame. But before we do that, it does not include one Fred Taylor. Yeah, I think Fred should be in. I think he's the next running back to go in. I I can echo the same things we've said uh, forever about about Fred. Uh, He got hurt by the fact that he was in the small market. The team for many of his years, uh, after the very early years, wasn't good. Uh, he was in a conference where the pro everybody paid attention to the Pro Bowl and Edger and James and Curtis Martin and and a bunch of uh, a bunch of guys in the, Jerome Bettis all went to a bunch of Pro Bowls and he didn't because you're only taking three or four per conference and all that stuff worked against him. He's one of the most talented football players I ever saw. He should be in the Hall of Fame. 
Yeah, he absolutely should. And I think he will get in. Um, I think this 15 is, is a, is a good group. And I, I think it, it will certainly help Fred when, you know, five of this group is immortalized in Canton, you know, later this year. Does it feel like Canton was a lot longer ago than the beginning of this football season that uh, we were all there? I, I will say this. <laughs> it's funny you said that. This has been a magnificent football season. But it has been a long year because of Canton. And because we were in Canton for four or five days. Not just us fans. Sure. Uh, so the, the Jacksonville folks were in Canton in July for a long time. There was an extra, there's an extra week in the regular season now. Um, there is, there's been a trip to London. There's been a trip to California. It, it seems like there's almost two seasons. There's the one season where they started out great and struggled, but were close. And there's a season where they're on the, making a playoff run. So, and I, by the way, I hope it keeps going. I hope it goes all the way to February 12th, but it seems like a long, it's, it seems like the season has taken a long time. Do you feel, does it feel that way? Yeah, absolutely. But it's great. I it's mean, it's a wonderful hey, long. I haven't looked at a mock draft yet. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, long doesn't mean bad. Yeah. Sure. Sometimes you're bad. It's been a long day. You're saying yeah. bad. It's been long and wonderful. It's been yeah. wonderful. Yeah. yeah. But it, yeah, it's, it, it certainly, it's been lengthy. Um, but yeah, fantastic. And hopefully it's got uh, a lot of time left. All right, I'll, I echo that, obviously. I'll take a yay or nay on whether or not these guys belong in Canton, whether this time yeah. around or, or one day. Defensive end, Jared Allen. One day. Yeah, one day. Offensive tackle, Willie Anderson. No. No. Defensive back, Rondé Barber. No. No. Which, by the way, Coach Campo has a dog named Tiki Barber. <laughs> Perfect. So cute. Uh, defensive end, Dwight Freeney. Yes. Uh, Yes. I'm not sure this year, but yes. Special Did you teams, mean this year? Just either one. Okay. This year or eventually. In time. In t- Dwight yeah. Freeney's a Hall of Famer. Uh, special teams ace, Devin Hester. I'd put him in now. I don't think it'll be now, but I think he absolutely should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, would not be now for me, but in time, yes. Wide receiver, Torrey Holt, former Jaguar for a period of time. He's got big numbers, but he doesn't feel like a Hall of Famer to me. I think he actually gets in this year. I, okay. I think Torrey Holt's getting in. Wide receiver, Andre Johnson. Uh, one day. Agreed. Cornerback Albert Lewis. No. No. Cornerback Darrell Rivas. Yes. Island. This year. This, yeah, this, this year, year. The, the best one yet. The, the, you've read so far. Left tackle Joe Thomas. Now the best one. Yeah. yeah but yeah, also this, this year. First ballot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, linebacker Zach Thomas. Uh, in time. I think he's going to get in, but it will be in time. Linebacker DeMarcus Ware. Yes. Yes, not this year. Wide receiver Reggie Wayne. Yes, not this year. Yes, probably not this year. Linebacker Patrick Willis. Yes. Great player. It'll take a while. He was just, for whatever reason, the 49ers weren't as good his years. Um, Hall of Famer, though. Great great player that people don't know about. And he didn't play as yeah. long. Yeah, he but, didn't play as long. That's the one yeah, knock was, that I yeah, want. He was good dominant. Player. He'll yeah. he'll be a Hall of Famer. Safety Darren Woodson is the final one. No. Those Cowboy teams were so good. There were so many good players on those. He, he'll, no, because it'll be the same thing like, some some of those seventy Steelers missed out because there were just too many of them in. Mm-hmm. He'll be one of the '90s Cowboys that misses out because there's just too many of them in. All right, there you have it. One thing we have not gotten to talk about yet. It happened uh, while we were off. The NFL Sunday Ticket is now going to be on YouTube TV. For obviously the people who are already streaming, this is fantastic news. For other people like you, maybe Frank, <laughs> yeah, who are like not it. streaming, maybe yeah. don't like it. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I mean, but I understand that as we move forward. Fewer and fewer people are going to put a big a satellite dish on their house, just like people. Fewer and fewer people use um, cable, uh, cable or 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 big big computers, or desktop computers, or 
the big phones we once had. I mean, I understand things get and, and it's way easier to stream than to have a big antenna on your house. I, I get it. How and this is a dumb question. How will they manage the methodology of recording? Will everything just be online on a site? Yes. That that rather than have to have it on a DVR, you just go on your you just go online and see see the on demand. Correct. That, that that's what it looks can like. Can we like, watch the the Thursday night games that are on Amazon Prime now? Can you could we, go back and watch. You can go back and yeah. watch. You just yeah. can't record it. Yeah, but you don't need to record it. Correct is, is the yeah. point. You wouldn't need to record it. You yeah. record it. They've sort it, of recorded it for you. That's right. So it's just if you ever want to go back and watch it. But the game has to probably finish in completion before they put it up. Because I, I, here's what I, where I'm going with this. Let's say last night we were at Island Wing watching the first half of Florida Texas A&M. In with cable, I can record that game right. while I'm at Island Wing from my phone. Yeah. Not watch it any of it till I get yeah. home and then watch the second and, half. And that's my question: Where do how, how do they and they'll manage through with that. Amazon Prime? It gives you the option to start from the beginning. Okay, so so you don't. Ha- it says watch live, but it also has an option of okay. start from the beginning. So so just so I would imagine yeah. YouTube will have that same thing. So that Under Armour high school game was on the other day. Uh-huh. And yesterday was it yesterday or the day before? The day before, I think. Maybe the day before. And I wanted to see it because I wanted to see Jaden Rashad of the Florida quarterback guy. But I forgot to, it was on at five. It was on from five to seven or whatever. And I forgot to record it. So I'm like, well, crap. I forgot because I don't see it. Well, wait a minute. We're in a new era. You go to ESPN Plus or ESPN, and the whole thing is recorded. So you can you can watch the whole game on your computer. So you don't have you don't it doesn't have to be on your DVR. Right. And so that's where the world's going to go. But, but but I gave you a long answer to a short question. We'll all adjust. Yeah. The world adjusts and it, we all we all adjust to moving from HBO to Netflix. Whether we liked it or not, we adjust it and the world will adjust it. It is odd not to need it, but the DVR is basically like the middleman yeah. that you no longer will need. That's right. That's right. Makes perfect sense. In college football, we always talk about the blue chip ratio. It's one of the ratios that I always bring up as far as having mm-hmm. more four and five stars on your roster than than non. TCU's blue chip ratio, have any of y'all seen I have not. the percentage? I'll bet it's really low. 21.5%. So where I'm going with this, if TCU maybe not upsets Georgia, but if TCU plays a super close game against Georgia, should we start to maybe slightly rethink the whole you have to have the best recruits on your roster and maybe it is a little bit more about the coach? I'd feel that way if TCU hangs around for about four or five years and is in this thing every year. I, I think you can – you can come out of nowhere with uh, a handful of players who are better than they were recruited and a really good coach and shock the world. I don't think you can do it year in and year out. I, I so I uh, Lon Kruger got the Gators there in '94 to the Final Four, but he wasn't going to do it five or six years in a row. The the what do you call it again? The percentage, the blue chip ratio, the blue chip ratio. You're the first person I've ever heard say that. I think at the end of the day, that will determine national championships. I think it already has. I, I agree. And again, if TCU beats Georgia. I think for my lifetime, it's a top three okay. college upset no, of all time. No, no doubt, particularly in this, we've all we've all whined for five years about the same teams being in. Well, if one team that wasn't even in eye shot, I mean, look, maybe the five teams were always there, but Texas and LSU and Florida were an eye shot of those teams, and Penn State was an eye shot. This is a team you couldn't even see from the top of the mountain. It would be a gigantic upset. So when we have conversations about the next hot coaching candidate, we never mention Sonny Dykes, but now is he in that mix when we talk about He's gotta be. if Alabama you know, yeah. needs a new coach? has to be. The, by the way, there's a fantastic story, I think it's on ESPN, by Dave Wilson. Have you seen it? About how – Kirby uh, and uh, – Yeah, it's about, it's about Chris Hatcher, yeah. who's, a, who's a Valdosta guy, great guy, by the way, the coach at Samford now. 
how the relationship he had with both of them. They're just, and I'm, I knew a lot of the stories because the, they've told him on SEC Media Day. Did you read it? I haven't yet. You got to read it. You have to read the story Dave Wilson wrote about Chris Hatcher, the man who hired Kirby Smart and sold pizza with Sonny Dykes. It's absolutely fantastic. I will read it. And finally, uh, we mentioned this in break yesterday, never made it on air. SoFi Stadium is not allowing any tailgating in the parking lots before the national championship yeah, game doing? on Monday. What are you doing? It's That'll college. be their last one. <laughs> yeah, 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 correct. It's college football. Tailgating is as much a part of college football as the ball being oblong and white stripes on the ball, isn't it? Yes. What are you ridiculous. Doing? No, it is ridiculous. All right, that's a wrap, gentlemen. Thanks again to Doubled Up Sport Fishing Charters. All right, now you know uh, – uh, we wrap our show in just a moment, and then we'll send it over to JP and Jeff and, and the coach for the uh, Jaguar Happy Hour, including the Doug Peterson Show. Tomorrow, I know you've already written it down one more time, strings, 3 o'clock, be there. Uh, 100 T-shirts are going out. You're going to love the T-shirts. They're all teal. They're compliments of our friends at Big Chief Tire, and they're the ones that did these T-shirts. You're going to absolutely love it. We're going to have a big time. We're giving away two club seats. Put your name in the box. You're going to walk away with club seats. How about that? For this gigantic, gigantic game, uh, special guest. My friend Chad Johnson is going to come by. He manages so much of the business at the Jaguars uh, building, and he's going to tell us, he's going to throw some numbers at you about crowds that will blow your mind. And so uh, he's going to come by. Pete Prisco by phone. Mike Keith, the play-by-play voice of the Titans by phone. Johnny O's going to sit in there with us for a while. We are going to be just loaded with stuff. Shoot some free throws, have some fun, drink that great beer they have over there. Strings, great food, too, by the way. Mm-hmm. You can't imagine how good it is. Place is going to be packed, so get there early and hang out with us. We can't wait to see it strings tomorrow. Our Jaguar pep rally uh, sort of kickoff shows and get ready for a big weekend. We're out of here. For Hayes, Lauren, and Gibby, I'm Frank Frangie saying don't go anywhere. Jaguar happy hour comes up right now. J.P. Sadrick and company on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.